Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a special extra bonus edition of the Shotgun Start. It is Tuesday, or Monday, Monday. December 14th, I guess. Yes, mo- afternoon of Monday, December 14th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I am, uh, I'm doing great. This is a dedicated podcast to the U.S. Women's Open. There will be no QBE shootout interruptions in the middle of it. We will be... Talking U.S. Women's Open straight through, and maybe some other tangents. A, you want to do an early PNC challenge <laughs> look, early week preview of the PNC challenge? No, obviously with the Monday finish, the schedule got a little thrown off. We had a Monday episode that was mostly just a celebration of Lee Westwood, a little you know FedEx Cup FedEx proposals on how to overhaul that. Some fun. We did address several U.S. Open top women's open topics in that, you know, notably the. Spotty coverage. and confusing coverage, the mud ball drama. We went at length, probably 20 minutes on that. So check out the typical Monday episode or Sunday night episode, whenever we post these anymore, for that one. And now we'll we'll cover a lot of the, the resolution, which we did not get Sunday, but we got Monday afternoon. Uh, what A-Lim happened? Kim, A-Lim Kim is your uh, winner of the U.S. Women's Open. She birdies the final three holes. I believe Justin Ray had, she was started the, the um, round in ninth. Justin Ray said that is the biggest comeback in U.S. Women's Open history by position. You know, greater shot deficits, I presume that means, have been closed. But by position, with 18 holes to play in ninth, uh, that is the most significant jump and comeback in the history of the championship. She birdied 16, 17, and 18 on a frigid, cold, what seemed like a pretty challenging, yeah, windy, challenging scoring day. She shot 67 to take it. She was 94th in the world. Kind of one of these up and coming Korean uh, players who's not played a lot over here yet, if if hardly at all. Uh, but you know, the one they just have a plethora, right? There's they they've figured out how to you know I don't know if you crack the code, but they obviously have an incredible program and an incredible culture around women's golf over there, and and, and particularly with youth women's golf that they come in, they're ready, and they can win maybe a U.S. Women's Open pretty early when they've not hardly played uh, on the LPGA or in the States. So she's our latest and final major champion of 2020. Why would you be intimidated by us women's open? If you grew up playing in Korea against all the best players in the world, like, you know, it's not, she wouldn't have been shocked. Obviously the pressure of playing, you know, for a major, I'm sure that weighed on her, but it wasn't one of those where, and I think this happens a lot of times with amateurs is getting caught up in the moment of, Oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm playing with Lydia Ko and, you know, I'm playing with Jin Young Ko. I'm right there. That is what happens with amateurs. I think a lot of times when they get in the mix, but with her, you know, a Kim, she's, she's content. As they said on the telecast a few times, she's finished in the top 10 in her last four starts on the Korean LPGA tour, which is where, a lot of the best Korean players have been playing all year. 
So it it is, uh, you know, in terms of field strength, she's been playing against very, very strong fields all year. And what a what a kind of a perfect recipe for a comeback is a extremely difficult scoring day, uh, which, you know, you go out and play a great round. You're going to make up a lot of strokes and obviously the finish. <laughs> Unbelievable shots coming in. Those iron shots were just extraordinary. And I just loved her reaction. Mm-hmm. with with them where it was she just hit it and she just knew knew they were good they were it was just that yep like it was almost like you know when a three-point shooter just strokes it yeah. and then just turns around starts running down the court because they get because they know There's it's a no rebound yeah. yeah exactly there was no club twirl there was no none of that bullshit showmanship she just looked down she just like <laughs> handed the club back and started walking to the green like it was just <laughs> unbelievable and the, the birdie to close was just extraordinary obviously having tap it the two holes before but that putt that putt was never a doubt on 18 yeah, yeah. Up, up the shoot uh i think that's kind of how you want to see a championship one right with, with approach shots like that with the with <laughs> striping it on at the very at the very wire at the finish line on a par three approach shots into par fours like it was it was nothing like ticky tack, right? It wasn't some, you know, 90 footer rolled down the hill and that went one in a million shot. It was like the skill that you want to see a major championship display at the wire. And she put it on and chased down. I never really ever all day. I, I mean, I flipped on at nine and just kind of had it on. It was great in that way. I never really all day had a, 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 a sort of a sense that one particular player was going to win it or a strong feeling. It just felt like everything was precarious and there was going to always be shuffling and movement. And she was kind of the last move sort of at the end there. Yeah. It, it, if you kept going for nine more holes, who knows what happens because right. that that's what, you know, where everybody seemed to be taking punches from the golf course and, you know, the birdies were so far few in between that it was really hard to make a move and in it, you know, a two shot lead felt like a ton, like it, it you know, it, it Olsen opened up that two shot lead for a split second. And then, you know, um, Kim started, but I never felt the good about Amy Olsen. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I was never... pretty worried because <laughs> I made, made that, that proc- proclamation on Thursday. Listen, Amy Olsen. Yeah, we have people texting us, friends of the program texting, like, who's the one that said Amy Olsen is not going to win? <laughs> you were dicey. That was dicey. Uh, no, it was good. It was a good final wrap up to the major championship year. You have any other thoughts on A Lim Kim? I mean, I think that the finish is going to get all the highlight, get all the pub. She seemed like a, a just like a really gregarious kind of, uh, I don't know, warm champion that you'd want. Like she's losing her phone. Seems like kind of like in your vein of like, you know, maybe trips while she's running, you know, trying to figure out how to build, remake the fence, things like that. You know, she's got her phone in the bottom of the bag. She's spilling coffee on herself. She just seemed like a very, uh, I don't know, endearing champion there at the end. I imagine too, when something good that you've been working your whole life at happens, like, there's like this weird feeling where I, I don't know if you've probably experienced where your motor skills all of a sudden don't really work yeah, quite as well. Sure, Cause like you're, sure. you're so like amped up that it doesn't work well. And I'm sure yeah. that was going, but it had to be a tough day for, for the anti banana camp. <laughs> I was waiting. All <laughs> Look, I mean, it's uh, congrats. The bananas were the fuel to her 
her her you know title. I, this has been a big. Amy Olsen sort was of, eating chowing down of bananas. All kinds it's like a of big people. Ten days for John- bananas. Since you talked about your banana bread, Johnny Miller's you know <laughs> supporting them. Monica and our spotlight was having. Yeah, I mean it's a good on course snack. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? I think they're gross. I I don't. That's it. That's all I got. Um, I have a question about- for you. Go ahead. Was this the best finish of any of the majors this year? In terms of men's play? or women's, yes. Or drama, or what are you talking? Just, just in terms play. of just pure finish. Uh. So you got Morikawa at the PGA. Kind of love the wall at ANA, just for <laughs> content's sake. Shout and hollering, <laughs> Miriam Lee just banging it off the wall. Um. <laughs> I, that's up there. Morikawa was great. Obviously, the the drive on what was that sixteen when he drove mm-hmm. it. Um, DJ was kind of a snoozy Masters. Yeah, yeah. Bryson was a snoozy U.S. Open on the back nine. It was not really yeah. close. Yeah. I kind of say on Kim cruised at Aronimink. You know, mm-hmm. what what are you I, saying? Are you suggesting it is? I would say this was the most exciting from you know purely from golf. You watch this, and you. I was locked in. I was having to watch our baby, and she just slept for three straight hours on me. And I just watched the whole thing. I didn't have my phone, didn't have a computer. It was wonderful, you know, because I just was watching. I didn't have any distractions. And yeah. I couldn't move, the other thing, you know. And yeah. uh, and I thought from just a pure golf standpoint, it was, it was wonderful. Like, it, it was there were a lot of players in it. There were good stories in it. There was big names in it with Jin Young Ko was like, she was right there. Um, and you didn't, like yeah, you said, you didn't cool. really know. You had Shibuno playing in her Christmas sweater, which was <laughs> awesome. I was so sad she didn't win. She might be my favorite golfer in the world. She was absolutely the one I wanted to win. I know there was obviously a lot of Amy Olsen backing for good reason, given the current circum- family uh, tragedy. Uh, Shibuno is the one I, I wanted from the start on the job. The, but the other little underrated storyline, the coverage did a really good job of ta- uh, of uh, watching was the low amateur. Yeah, Pap. Yeah, and uh, but I thought just from a pure golf standpoint, it was the best finish we had in a major this year. And then I would say that the Women's Open was the best story we had in a major this year. With what Pop does that Pop. mean? Oh, oh, the women's. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I think from a major year, women's golf had the best finish of majors and the best story of a major with pop off winning. None of them were close. Were they? Now that I'm thinking no. back to it. Besides, I mean, Morikawa, the PGA. More, yeah. That's the only one you could make a, a, a case for. And I, I think it's a good case. You could make a good case for the PGA. With yeah. Morikawa on 16, and it, there were so many guys in the mix. But, like, I think there's an argument you could make this was a better one. With the three, you know, closing with three straight birdies. Unbelievable, you know? Hey, uh, this is not a we're, this is a question for someone smarter and someone more well-versed in the, the women's golf, the business of women's golf. But you're talking about the KLPGA, right? Mm-hmm. Being this proving ground. Like, could we ever get to a point where, like, I don't know. There's some sort of Asian, I don't know, alliance of tours that's 
like that's a strategic preferable. strategic alliance whatever it's stronger you, do you want do you want more strategic alliances do you or think the, the women's games some sort of the, the Japan women's Tour games Cape... missing out on a strategic alliance opportunity i mean why all the best like i don't know a, a majority or a large subject subsection of the very best players the strongest audiences. I mean, you hear these American players go over there, like the biggest crowds I've ever played played in front of were mm-hmm. Korean events. Like, would that be like the home, the the top level women's tour someday? This is not a question that we are well versed enough to answer. But we're talking like, where maybe the LPGA is sort of the Euro Tour reaching out to the stronger tour. You know, to make the men's analogy, reaching out. To, I, I don't know if that'll ever happen, and the sponsor dollars may not be enough, or may not. But it seems like. Why wouldn't it be? Why couldn't that become more of like the home base and they come over to the Amer- America for a smaller subset? I'm not suggesting that's like the best way, but I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of it right now as we talk about the KLPGA. And then they just play ground. during nighttime. They have all primetime TV that's coverage. Yeah, um, so. I think Anyways. the one thing I always think about with that is when I interviewed Mike Wan, he talked about when MB won the Olympics, you know, and yeah. how she drew a 24 rating yeah that, crazy 24 yeah. rating in in south in korea korea yeah, yeah. utterly ridiculous like i think what it was an eight rating is like a tiger tiger win and a major is like an eight in the u.s yeah. 24 yeah. in yeah. south korea I guess the LPGA is already kind of a world tour. That's the one, you know, Juan is very often quick to point that out. Like we are like already a world tour. All these men's tours are kind of fighting for territory and they are that in sponsorship, you know, ANA that's an international sponsor. There's, there's international sponsors all over and obviously international stops all over. So I, I don't know, just something that popped into my head. That, why is that a feeder tour of any kind? It shouldn't be necessarily. It might be as competitive. Um, hey, I got a question. Right, go what do you think yeah. about Amy Olson telling her caddy not to tell her what's going on in the leaderboard? Well, I guess that went back to Avion when she was going to win or she thought she was going to win. And then she hadn't looked at the leaderboard all day. And then she did on 18 and double bogey, probably double bogeyed and lost it. I, I guess that's the origin of her, you know, preference for not looking at leaderboards. I think that's crazy. I mean, yes, to each their own. A lot of people, some people like that. I don't know. I think it's nuts. Yeah. She was leading. She had to know she was leading. But like, she probably didn't even know. The other thing was Kim's score on the board. If I was looking at it from her view on 18, she probably couldn't even see it. Yes. We got a lot of messages about this. So Kim's name. The, the broadcast just like brushed over it. It was the bottom name on the board. You couldn't even see it. There were people uh, in front of the score. Yes. All the cameramen and the, the assorted guests that were out there lined up in front of the bottom row on the board. You couldn't tell with a number. It was blocked. She's having to hole out an approach shot to even make it a playoff. So. Yeah, I, I, hard week I think obviously affects... with the father-in-law passing yeah. away, like brutal yeah. week. Yeah, um, and great play. I mean, incredible play. She yeah. won. Yeah, the other thing that I wanted to talk about with this was life-changing amounts of money for even second place. Like going from one six in career earnings, one point six million in career earnings, to winning almost five hundred thousand dollars at this tournament for yeah, Amy so- Olson. Someone sent us, I'm looking it up right now. 
Uh, John Rosenstock said the difference between her making that putt on 18, I think was uh, 487K versus 323K. So a lot of, you know, big six figure chunk just in the, uh, um, just on that one putt on 18 for someone who's had, yeah, 1.6 million in career earnings, significant amount of money. Um, but, but with the leaderboard thing, I, I think like, there's something that, you know, makes you nervous or changes your outlook, but like, there's an actual strategy that you need yes. to know. It's a strategy reason. Like, do I need to be overly aggressive? What am I playing for here? Do I need it? There's this right? other thing too. And I, I did not want this to be a criticism. She's a wonderful player, but it's not like she's got like 20 LPGA wins this way. She's never sure. won before. Sure. Sure. Like you need to know what you need to do down the stretch. Like I don't, you, you have to know if you're yeah. like, without a doubt, if you think you have a two shot lead or, and maybe she's saying, oh, I play the same way either way. But if I know I need birdies to the last two holes, I'm going to play a little bit different than if I, it, it, she definitely didn't, it seemingly didn't know she needed to birdie the last two. You think that's true? It's the, uh... Yeah, uh, she. I mean, she hit some loose shots too, like the the opposite of what uh, Alim Kim hit, right? I mean, especially yeah. at seventeen, she flares one out in that bunker, just it, it, or it just wasn't a good crisp finish. Um, I don't know. I think when you when you're in that moment, you've played so well. I think there are a couple ways pressure could get to you if you have a lead. It's a little bit different than when you know you're behind, and I think. Typically, if somebody's played that well over 70 holes, if you know you have to go do something, your shots are going to be better. Like that to me, and I have no clue. I don't know. This is all speculative. This is just to me in that situation, if you're too back and you've played this great major championship, you don't hit that short right shot on 17. That was yeah. a shot of somebody that thought they had a lead where point. they're tight. Like if you're too back, and you know you're two back, like you're you're free because you you're, know you need to go get it. You're ripping at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. that that a protective swing from the fairway with the wedge. What about the mud mud balls were all over today? Shibunu it just kept kept getting hammered with mud balls. <laughs> Let's do an ad read. We'll do a mud more mud ball resolution. We'll do an ad read. Just shout out several sponsors. Bixby Coffee, our OG sponsor. Uh great holiday gift. Is coffee. It will get, get the used. Shotgun it will get start enjoyed. Blend. It will be celebrated. Go to BixbyCoffee.com. Feature partners. Shotgun Start Blend. This is a way to support the podcast. We never want to set up a Patreon or ask for your money. If you want, we would like to give you a consumable good that you would otherwise enjoy, and we get a profit from it. It comes right into our pocket. Keep us doing these podcasts. Keep us doing spotlights, things like that. Bixby Coffee Shotgun Start Blend. Thank you guys for supporting that. Uh, Weatherman Umbrellas. Horrible day here horrible day i used both i double barreled with a weatherman today i used the golf umbrella at one point and then i used like the travel guy at another point because it was you know a shorter walk and it just would have looked ridiculous with my golf umbrella <laughs> fantastic just makes me happier it was makes it me the first time using raining. the travel umbrella it was i had to I, so i didn't cut the tag off so i looked kind of like a doofus when i had it because i just Rip took it out and I was walking around and the tag was hanging off. I so think first my tag's time. still on too. Yeah. First use. Uh, Weatherman fried egg. 
is the uh, promo code for that. You get 20% off. I think that's a quality holiday gift that will get used. That's everybody needs a good fire extinguisher and a badass umbrella and weatherman umbrella.com are badass umbrellas. Any other sponsors we should shout out? Well, Smith Devereaux. Yeah, New Year's coming up. I'm. I can't wait to ring in 2021. I cannot wait to turn the calendar. Get the hell out of 2020. And why not do that with some nice wine from Smith Devereaux? So go to Smith Devereaux. What a professional Shot- ad read that is. Jesus. Shotgun start. What what's our what URL? I'm not sure what our URL is. Uh, it's SGS, smithdevro.com slash SGS. I'm about to go rip into that as soon as we're done recording because the, the Browns, Browns are playing the Ravens. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. We already opened the bottle. Um, all right. That, any other sponsors you want to pay off? Rockets That's tomorrow. The- we'll do Rocket tomorrow for their Wednesday read. Anybody but, else? Yeah, support support our sponsors. That are Lexus, great. you know, get get yourself yeah. a get your wife a Lexus <laughs> with a bow. Thanks for them for their non-support of the podcast, but uh, content purposes. All right, uh, Mudball drama. I saw Bronte Law was shouting about it. Charlie Hall said it was, you know, I mean, they're basically can, alleging. Can, can you list off the people that have complained about the mud balls? Stacy Lewis, Sarah right, Bronte, Bronte Bronte Law finished T thirtieth. Charlie Spezzle. Hall was somebody. Spezzle, Charlie Hall. 23rd. Okay. 30th. Hall today. Uh, Stacy Lewis was Stacey, one. She was like 11 over or something. Stacy Lewis, 44th. Um, There was one other in our guy Zephyr. Zephyr's uh, column. Scoops? Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, the kid got the, or the writer, he got the quotes. He I know. credit. <laughs> That's, That's not right. always a two-way street with golf.com a lot of times. They don't, they like to just kind of, uh, uh, you know, appropriate some of their own. Adi- they, yeah. Yeah. They they're, like to look at, reputation. they like to look at posts and uh, slightly modify them. Good on Zephyr for getting those quotes. It became a big story, but Bronte law and Charlie Hall were the big ones shouting today. The two, the, but the, the other did ones you were notice, from Saturday. Did you notice Go a ahead. trend in all those finishes? Uh, yeah, they didn't play well, probably because they got too many mud balls. They couldn't control the ball. They said it was just pure luck. Do you think they got abnormally more mud balls than the people that played well? Play better. That's my message to them. Don't complain about the mud balls. Everybody played with mud balls. We saw it all day on the telecast. Pretty much every time the ball landed, it was going to be caked in mud. And, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody goes, I don't know if pro golfers practice mud balls, but Amy Olsen handled mud balls really well, I thought. She didn't actually seem to get that as many. I mean, she handled a lot really well. Yeah, a, a Bronte or somebody, she's like, you know, to hit it as well, I had total control of my ball, and it was just pure luck, you know, more or less what they're saying. That's what everybody, that's, you know, everybody's allegation with mud balls. I, I, think, it's, I think it's preferred to, I prefer it to ball in hand, right? The lift clean in place. Yeah. Right? I, you know what? I mean, it made it really interesting. You never knew what was going to happen. Halls was basically like, you know, she's like, this would have been perfect. The course was great. You know, I'm playing well. It just would have been really nice if we played the ball up. And I don't know. That's just not, that's not how the women's open is going to be decided. They're not going to be doing that. This isn't live under par land. Uh, sorry, I was trying to find other she names. She was playing really group. great. She finished uh, 11 shots behind the leader. 11 shots in mud balls? Is that what happened out there? 
I think do you Christy think, Kerr. Do you think Alim Kim had no shots that she could attribute to Mudball? Like Christy uh, Kerr. Real question for that would be my follow up yeah. question for, for Hall. Lindsay Weaver. The mud was an extreme issue. I've Let's never see. played golf having this many mud balls. I didn't even know what to expect. Sometimes it's major factor. Sometimes it's okay. Brutal. Really, really brutal. Guess what, how many shots Lindsay Weaver finished behind Alim Kim? Ten. 12 uh 14 14 shots must have been 14 shots 14 shots of mud balls hidden in hopes assuming alim kim had zero shots attributed to mud balls hey would you rather play in this today or houston in the heat of the summer what would you rather personally play i lived in texas for a summer i don't think i knew that i you you were You've had many homes. I, I, uh, one of my LA. jobs was like, I know. I, yeah, I was like literally like spent all year on the road living short terms in places. Um, Where'd you live in Texas? Austin. Humble? Austin. Okay. Oh, but right. let me tell you something about summer in Texas. The best way I can describe it is you walk out of your house every day and it's like you walk into an oven. Sure. Like you open the door and it's an oven outside. So hot. I remember I used to go for runs when it when it would get dark. And it'd be like 94. It was like it cooled down to 94. I could go for a run, you know? Yeah. So what would but, you uh, rather play in? I think, I mean, this, this, I think I'd pleasant. rather play this. Okay. How about we haven't even talked about the North Dakota girl. Her, her and Tommy Tables are like the... Two great golfers from North Dakota, Amy Olson. We haven't talked. We talked about her at length, Amy. I just we haven't talked about her being from North Dakota. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting part of her backstory. She's also married to North Dakota uh, football coach. Heard that a lot on the telecast. Did you get that? Unfortunately, they didn't bring up Tommy Tables at all. They didn't bring up her counterpart. Sure. Sure. Do you think she's got a a a a gambling Gambling problem too? It's not a problem. Come on, we gotta give Tommy. Let's not. He's just, you know, it's not he's a problem. Passing pass the he time. He sounds like he is a man of great character, has no vices, and this is just his thing. Um, I mean, we can't start casting aspersions like that. But no, no, they probably should have, you know. But again, they probably don't have a three times a week podcast that in which Tom Tom Hoagie has become a primary character. So maybe they didn't know about Tommy Tables and his North Dakota roots. How great um, was it with the outfits? This is, I think we talked about this once before, how golf needs to be played in more bad weather just because of the outfits, like the eccentric outfits you get. You get, you know, on the European tour, you get buffs and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. You know, you got piss buffs, you know? Okay. You get it. You, but then uh, we had earmuffs, we had a Christmas sweater, we had parkas. It was incredible. I kind of like the headband earmuff look that Yalimi No had, where it's just, it's oh, yeah. not like the headphones with the wire over the top, but it was a head headband all the way around. I kind of enjoyed that look. That's something I could get into. One thing I've kind of discovered in this last few weeks, I'm, I'm really into the mask as like a warmer more than oh, anything. Yeah. Like really, I got like this, it, it's fantastic. It might become more of like a, a regular part of my routine when we're out of this pandemic just as a, for warmth. But uh, I was fascinated by the headband earmuffs that Yalimi No had. 
I uh, discovered the mask thing early on when you know it was really cold in the morning when I'd be shooting photos. I and I put the mask on, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like a completely different ball game when it's like yeah. thirty-five degrees in the morning and my hands <laughs> yeah. are freezing." It's like at least now my nose isn't just running everywhere. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you're right. That is a good point about the weather. Brings out a little more fa- opportunities for fashion statements. Honestly, uh, like Shibuno. Unbelievable. Yeah, that that Christmas sweater was just phenomenal. I don't know if it was actually a Christmas sweater, you know, but it was it was Christmassy. It was it definitely was, not a Christmas sweater. I think it was yeah, just you could but you could replace the brands with tr- Christmas trees and it would have been a Christmas sweater. And you got a lot of parkas with the fur rim around the hood, like a lot of heavy parkas. Shibuno allegedly had a coat man in their entourage, a, a coat person that, hand, according to Bones, is like, she's got this person in her own entourage who hands the, the coat and gloves, you know, coming off the tee. So, hey, uh, one thing, go ahead. One thing I got to get off my chest here. Okay. I want to cover men and women fairly the same. Yeah. Moria Jatanagarn is so fucking slow. It was driving me insane. She's never ready to hit. A lot of chatter. Oh, it was just terrible. She'd be like, she'd have her mitts on and she'd be having like a 40 second conversation in the fairway with her caddy. And then she'd have to start her routine. It was awful. And then Shibuno would hit 10 seconds later after Jatanagar. I mean, she really, if she gets to 30 seconds, but after, you know, contact to contact, it's, it's, she took a while for, for, you know, that, that's a long time. Jatana um, Garn and, needs to hurry the hell up. It was, is, it was awful. Is Ariel like that? I don't, it's so strange. She doesn't use a driver. Can you imagine if a man didn't, uh, a man, a man, like a big top 10 player, I guess like Henrik was kind of that way with the three wood. Just yeah. does not use a driver. Doesn't even carry a driver. Kind of badass. I mean, it's kind of. It like, might be I'll, dumb. I know. All right, I understand <laughs> that it might not be the best strategy. So, do you think uh, she has I, the driver yips or something? It could be. I mean, she she's done pretty well without it, but I suppose it could have been a lot better. Uh, what else? I, who was most disappointing to you, Shibuno? I mean, I think Shibuno for me was most disappointing just because. I was kind of really, really rooting and pulling for her. I had, I felt like a, an investment in, in her winning. Uh, Megan Kane made, you know, valiant effort there at the end, but but sort of fell off. Anybody else that really kind of stuck out to you on on the Monday finish, at least? I mean, it's hard to say anybody was like I even Shibuno. I don't think was that disappointing. Like she had a lot of mud balls. And that that obviously played into like some of the really bad approach shots. But like winning a major is really hard, right? And it, it, the last one seemingly just she kind of just floated through it. And that's the thing I think that I was most excited to watch today was was this going to because like when she won the open, there wasn't she kind of just skated through Sunday. Like she she made some putts and. And this one, she faced some, you know, but like, God, it's pretty incredible what she's done in majors. And, you know, and I'm excited to see her play more and more. When do you know when the last, the last American, uh, major winner was in women's golf? Oh my God. 
been a bit. Been a bit. 2016? 2017. Or I'm sorry, 2018, Angela Stanford at that uh at the women's PGA. Um Do you or, think sorry, there the should Avion. be five? The Avion. Five so majors. near the end of the year. The Avion. That, that was Angela Stanford is the one that won then Amy Olson made the double on 18 when she found the score. Found out. Um you think they should rescind a major? I mean, this was, it's all over the place. You know, they've changed them so many times. But again, so we've had now like 10 or 11 in a row, nine to 11 without an American winner. This year we had Popoff and then three Koreans and Miram Lee, Seon Kim, and uh, A. Lim Kim. So, I, I mean, do you feel good about women's golf, American women's golf right now? I mean, I, I think, think there's like good. a strong contender, strong core, I should say. Did you see after the first round, Amy Olsen talked about how the LPGA setups don't reward distance the way major championships do? No, I didn't. That's was interesting. It inter- yeah, I, I was thinking about it all day today. Um, she said that I after her first, first round. And I was just, I, I, maybe it's the rough. I don't know. I, I'd love to ask her more questions about that. Bones was talking about how she was a good, like 20, 30 yards ahead of Shibuno. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to the point where it was a dramatic difference on approach shots and, and wedges versus, you know, lawn or mid irons and stuff like that. So uh, anything else from the day that stuck Man, out? Man, I you? should have been in the media center. I should have asked her to clarify. Now you're thinking about that. Well, that's a thing we can pounce on later. Uh, I would, you know, Hopefully we'll be back to a normal schedule, full, full kind of all five. We had the Evian canceled this year, but all five next year. You don't think there should be five. What would you get rid of Evian? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, you got to, you got to keep the women's British. I think you got to keep the women's. I PGA. might get rid of Poppy's keep... Pond just because of the wall. They got to move the course. I mean, that might have the most course. history. They that need might... to move to a new course and get rid of the wall. Bring it to somewhere that's really interesting. That's one one uh, champions is great. You know, it's wonderful. It's a great place to play golf. It's a great club, great history. Um, it was awesome that in this circumstance they had thirty six holes that could conduct this championship. That being said, having said that, I would not like to see any more U.S. Women's Opens played there. I think that they should be going to wonderful golden age golf courses that cannot host the men's that have a long history of championship golf and architectural features that will really showcase women's golf. So they did that without going too deep into it. I think that champions is a great place for USGA championships, but I would like to see the U S women's open go to, um, golf courses with a stronger architectural pedigree. They did the future sites today. I'm kind of interested about Lancaster, you know, obviously a place with a ton of history, ton of like, they, you know, they had just... it a few years ago there. They did. Yeah. 2015. Wasn't it Saucon Valley? Wasn't it there? I, I, I don't remember that, that Lancaster. So, um, so yeah, I, they I get had, your point. They had record crowds at Lancaster when they that's had it what a few I, years ago. That's it was what 2015. Okay. It was, it, okay. it was, and, and the cool thing about it was that they had these, I can't remember the exact number, but 80% of the, I believe this is the stat, 80% of the tickets were 
were in emissions that week were within 15 miles of the club. That's what I'm getting at with like our Prairie Dunes spotlight, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Link, I could see that kind of thing. William Flynn golf course. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Pebble, I, Pebble in two years that. is amazing. First time. Yeah. Like, and Olympic Club will be cool. Um, but uh, yeah. That's next year. Warmest, Lancaster. Uh, coldest, coldest, what is it? Coldest oh, did you winter. hear that on the telecast? Yeah. yeah. They got it in. Kay Cockrell got it in. Coldest winter I ever had was the summer. Yeah. She All was right. warning, warning her fellow uh, analysts. You got to go. It's the Browns Monday night. Yep. Everybody watch. Commiserate. The hopes are high. You're ready to be hurt again. You're you're vulnerable. I, I, I talked to my wife. I was like, you know, I'm, I think I'm a little too excited. I think this is just going to have to be a real big big punch in the face. Now I'm expecting the worst. I got a little too into the Browns. Now I'm back in, I think like we might just get our ass kicked that I'm, I'm, you know, preparing myself for, for bad things. So does your wife care um, at all? I think, you know, she's happy when I'm happy, you know, happy to see my team doing well. She's got her own team, Washington football team, for God's sakes, all of a sudden they're the going to be in the playoffs. The you best, know, it's been... best team name in all of sports. We've been married almost 10 years. It's just 10 years of just just two crap franchises run by terrible people doing terrible things. It's just, this is an interesting year. All right, everyone enjoy your Monday nights, your Tuesdays. We'll be back Tuesday with our typical uh, show, but we figured we, we had to throw this added episode in for our last major championship round of the year. Uh, it's been a good major year. We got, year's not over. We got some plenty more shows to come to finish it out. But uh, thanks again for your uh, continued support. And we'll be back with our uh, typical Wednesday show. Mm-hmm.